Welcome to issue 6 of the Attention Span newsletter by me, Janan Marashligil. I'm a writer, a literary translator, an artist, and a curator of cultural programs based in Amsterdam. Every other week, I take the time to reflect and offer a glimpse of how I see the world through the lens of culture, art, translation, poetry, and literature. Each issue has a short essay, a nerdy look at translation, a page from one of my notebooks, and a list of things to read, watch, or listen to. For those of you who prefer the audio experience, I am recording this podcast version of the newsletter. I'm also inviting you to support my work via Patreon for 3 euros a month. Thank you for your presence and attention. Do I really want that remote life? This issue comes with thoughts rather than an essay. I wrote these words when I was away from home to take care of a friend's house and her two cats while they're on a family trip. I'm in the northern part of the Netherlands, a small town called Berge. It's not that far away, yet it feels miles apart from everything I'm used to. I didn't know this place at all, but it is renowned for being an artist and writer's town, which I do understand as nature here is very inspiring. The forest is majestic. The bike ride to the sea is also mesmerizing. It's a 20-minute bicycle ride to my beloved North Sea, so imagine my happiness. While I do enjoy the nature, I must admit I am no fan of the town. It is very posh, and with the summer season it turns into this touristic fancy town with people passing through but no real feel of belonging or community. There's also a lot of wealth with villas and mansions, with huge water fountain sculptures behind giant gates. It doesn't make me feel romantic or envious. I feel very out of place. But I do find happiness in the forest, which is just so precious. And the local art museum is also a gem. There's also a cinema in the heart of the forest and ruins of a church in the center of the village. All these elements make me feel some affection for this place. The freedom of riding a bicycle all the way to the sea, discovering bunkers, a pine tree forest before the dunes and oak trees on the way. I'm allowing all these fabulous colors to enchant my imagination. Throughout the pandemic and the different lockdowns, like many of us, I kept wondering if I wanted to leave the city for a more remote life? Would I have more time to read, to write, to make art if I didn't have to survive in a city that is getting more expensive and precarious to live in, day after day? And it is true. Being surrounded by a forest and being so close to the sea is attractive. Although I'm sure life is not much cheaper in this particular town. It could be possible to find a place that is less posh and still is surrounded by nature more than people. But I realize that maybe, for now, it isn't enough to inspire me. I am, after all, a city person in my heart, and I do thrive in an environment with access to culture and stories on a daily basis. 
I will keep dreaming about remote living every time the harshness of a capitalist city will hit me, and it will. And maybe someday I will surrender to a remote life, like writer and art critic John Berger did when he escaped a society in crisis to settle in a small village in the French Alps. Until then, I will remain in my Amsterdam. On translation. Through keeping notebooks, sketchbooks and my photography, my work has seen the evolution of a perspective on translation, which I call definitions of translation. It all started with pictures I had printed as part of a project, taken in two different cities. When I saw them next to one another, I realized, this is translation. When I was in Berge, I came across an artwork at the Museum Kranenburg called Guernica de la Ecologia by artist and eco-activist Claudie Youngstra. Looking at that work, I immediately thought of an act of translation. It is described as follows on the museum's website. In this work, Youngstra directs her ire at a neglectful world that abuses the planet. She translates this condemnation into swirling, furious shades of black, white, and sepia gray. The work's title and precisely copied dimensions refer to Pablo Picasso's iconic painting, Guernica, painted in 1937. However much their denunciations may differ, both artists omit color to create comparably menacing atmospheres. You may say it's an adaptation, a reinterpretation, an homage. All these would also fit my vision of what translation is. My proposition is not to define everything as translation, but to explore the many layers of literary translation by looking at art, at what happens in the world, at small gestures, and much more through creating your own definitions of translation. And now a few things I'm listening, watching, reading. Reading Wavelength, Longitud de Onda by Christina Lucas. I came across this book at the Kranenburg Museum shop, where Lucas's exhibition, The Environment is Us, is on show. I must admit I haven't read the book yet, but I browsed through and it's very well designed with photographs of the artist's work. What interests me particularly are the different essays in it, which touch on capitalism, the environment and climate change, how Lucas is looking at the mechanisms of power, analyzing fundamental structures in politics, economics, in society. So this book is definitely on my radar. Watching. Right now, I'm obsessed with a Turkish soap called Kızılcık Şerbeti, which has been translated as cranberry sorbet, but also as one love. And I'm definitely going to write about it in a future issue of this newsletter. It's a kind of Romeo and Juliet story set in Istanbul today, where the children of two families coming from totally opposite social backgrounds get married. The young woman is from a liberal so-called modern family, 
and the young man is from an ultra-conservative and mega-rich family. They're not enemies like the Montagues and the Capulets, but their views of the world clash a lot, which creates a lot of drama, well, mellow drama, the kind I love. It's perfect as a soap, but also gives an interesting perspective on today's highly polarized societies. Turkey in this case, but we could definitely apply it to other places. Listening. Whenever I feel a bit lost, especially in my creative practice, I turn to poet, musician, writer Patti Smith, who reminds me that what matters is to keep doing the work. I love this conversation between Patti Smith and Malcolm Gladwell in this episode of the podcast Broken Record. It's from March 2022, but it never gets old. I will link to all these resources in the show notes. And last but not least, as every episode, I am sharing in the newsletter a page from one of my notebooks. So if you are able to see, uh, you can always check out the newsletter. But I'm going to try to describe you this image. So it's a notebook I am keeping where I scribble down thoughts and collage things and images and flowers or anything I found find on translation. And this particular spread I'm sharing has two pictures on it. The photographs that I mentioned uh, earlier on the on translation part. One is a picture I took in Istanbul, Turkey on 5th of March 2019. The other one is a picture I took in Libercourt in France, 6th April 2019. And what's interesting about these two pictures is that when you put them next to one another, they look like they are symmetrical, they have the same color palette, yet they are different. And this is why for me they represent translation in a very interesting way. You recognize things but they are not exactly the same. And that's it for today's episode. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for your attention. And I will speak to you again in a couple of weeks. Bye.